What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. We've got a fun episode today, a little bit different. We're going to be talking about rugby with Colton Strickler of DNVR Rugby. Now, my knowledge of the sport is extremely limited, but it was cool to pick his brain and kind of ask him how it compares to other sports. And for those that, you know, don't know, there's actually a lot of CSU connections to USA Rugby, the Colorado Exos, and beyond. So it was just cool to kind of pick his brain, go through all of it. And then we also, you know, reminisced a little bit about our time at CSU. It was fun. It was a really fun episode. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Obviously a little bit different. You know, we talked about, you know, what kind of former CSU athletes could be good rugby players. It's actually a topic we're going to revisit in the future, like draft a rugby team based on former CSU athletes. But, you know, my example was Capri Bibbs, and we kind of talked about that. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So before I get into that, I'm going to shout out our partners over at Chevalier Mortgage. Right now, if you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. But you're also going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. You know, you're probably hearing how great the mortgage rates are right now. But Mike and Virginia, they are not just your typical mortgage company. They've got phenomenal rates, but really what makes them different is Mike is a certified financial planner. He looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small, family-owned company, so you're always going to feel like a person, not a number. They're also proud CSU supporters and DNVR members. You know, I love helping people in our community, and they love getting you guys the best deals possible. Again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Get set up with a free consultation. Or give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage, we've got a special guest, a good friend of mine, Colton Strickler of DNVR Rugby. He actually has many titles now. He's a very busy guy with all of the content that he's creating through various platforms. But Colton, how's it going, my man? I mean, aside from the sleep deprivation in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, we were just talking about it's tough this time of year with all these playoffs, these late games. But I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on, Justin. Looking forward to jumping into this, man. It's going to be fun. Well, we're going to go over a, you know, a variety of stuff on today's podcast. We're going to go into you know some some territory that I don't typically branch out into that frequently, and that is rugby, which I'm excited. Colton probably knows more about rugby than anybody I know. Um, it's I don't know. I mean, not it's it's not obviously the the biggest sport, but it's growing right. a ton in Colorado, right? You're, you're right. It, this is the time to pay attention to rugby. So this is the whole timing of, of you know like joining DNVR last year and with everything going on, like. Rugby's exploding here in the United States. Like this is the time to jump on board, and so I'm hoping we can uh, convert some new fans today on this show. It's like Bitcoin; you got to buy now. It's the right time. It's about to explode. We're giving you the sound advice to get in, and you can still do it and be that guy that's like, "I liked rugby like way before it was cool." You know, you don't want to be the dude that jumps in like eight years from now when right. everybody already has their gear. Exactly. This is the window. Take it. Take it while you can. And I'm thinking like we can be able, Justin, we're going to be able to get some guys into the show, some men and women into the show. We're going to create some new fans uh, with these CSU connections because there actually is a handful of them. 
uh, pretty high up in the rugby world. And I, I think people, you know, aren't really aware of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, let's kind of just dive right into it. Obviously, you know, I know the club program at, at CSU historically is pretty good. They've had a lot of success, uh, even won some championships, I believe, over, you know, the course of, uh, you know, since they've been a program. Um, I know the the one guy that went through is a Pinkelman, right? Ben yeah. Pinkelman? Ben Pinkelman, that's at the top of the list. That's a perfect place to start, Justin, because he is probably the most, you know, notable Ram rugby alumni. Uh, ben Pinkelman was a guy that was at CSU while we were there. Uh, one of the one of the projects I worked on at the Collegian was Ben Pinkelman actually kept a Olympic notebook for us while he was in Rio because he was a member of the Sevens team that competed at the 2016 Olympics in Rio. Uh, he's a Cherry Creek graduate, uh, like I mentioned, was at CSU while we were there, and he really is like one of the stars of like this USA Sevens team. And so, um, I guess Justin, if we really want to get into the weeds, there's like two main types of rugby that we play here in the United States. So we we mainly play rugby union which is a okay. different like, code. Uh, so there's rugby league and rugby union, but rugby union is kind of what's big here. Rugby league's kind of bubbling up, but rugby union, that's what the pro competition is. That's what they play like at the rugby world cup. And then they play sevens, which is a variation of, of union. What's the difference then? So league is a uh, less amount of people. And then like a phase is like a play. So if, if I run the ball and I get tackled, that's like a phase. There's yeah, like a set yeah. number of phases in league and union. Okay. You could realistically have the ball for the whole game if you wanted. Like if you, it's make it, take it like basketball. So uh, you score, they kick it back to you. You could realistically have the ball the entire game. So there's no like set number of phases, but union, that's, that's where the money's at here. That's what people care about. So uh, sevens, so main rugby union is 15 aside, 15 on 15. Two 40-minute halves, 10-minute halftime. Sevens is seven on seven with a two-minute halftime. You play on the same size field. So it's been equated to playing 3v3 basketball like on a football field. You have to be in crazy good shape. It's literally nonstop action. It's, you know, a lot of one-on-one breaks. You got to make your tackles. And that's what Pinkelman's like. That's what Pinkelman's good at. And he's a monster, like in the in the breakdown. So, like in hockey, he does the dirty work, right? He's yeah, getting the he, yards. He's he's always in the rucks, like securing balls. He is just like a grinder, and he's made his money being that grinder, like for the USA Sevens team. So, like I mentioned, he was in Rio in 2016. Uh, hadn't played 15s, I think, for three years, and he got invited to be on the Rugby World Cup team in 2019 in Japan. I was like a big thing because you don't really see a lot of crossover between sevens and fifteens because it is such like a specialized fitness. Yeah, you you know I can go into some other stuff here in a minute to just like about sevens, um, but Pinkelman he's the top of the list. He's gonna he's more than likely gonna be on the team for this uh, Summer Olympics in Tokyo. It would be a huge huge shock if he wasn't. Um, so he, the, you know, this team's kind of like built around, he's one of the core pieces of the USA sevens team and sevens has gotten so much bigger here in the United States, even from 2016, where they have the the international seven circuit. So they're playing and there's a stop in the USA, there's a stop in Canada, there's a stop in Hong Kong. Like that's how that's their competition that the world plays in on a year by year basis. And, and they're making runs at the top spot, like in these world competitions. So this is going to be the year that the USA makes a run at a, at a medal. They're going to play for a while at this Olympic. So, and he's going to be like right in the middle of that. And that's pretty cool. Have a CSU Ram, a, a local Denver guy, Cherry Creek high school graduate, like in the middle of all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a chance to represent the U S obviously like that's a massive deal to, I mean, to play in the Olympics while you're in is a college age athlete yeah. is insane in itself. 
but the fact that he's able to cross over and it just kind of shows, you know, how, how dynamic of an athlete he is. Um, what, you know, what exactly about rugby just for, for if somebody was into, you know, like the, the normal American, I don't want to say normal, yeah. that sounds like an insult, the no, traditional I, American sports. You can say that though, because that's true. Like it is a, it is a, an outside like niche sport, um, but continue your question. Go for it. Like what, what would appeal to them about rugby? I mean, obviously it's really physical. It seems like it's one of those where everyone that plays it is just kind of relentless. Like they're a different type of mentality, right. like that just freak type competitive dude. Uh, I think like maybe, and this might be a cliche answer that rugby people won't like, but it's so true. It's, it's literally a combination of, of what you like about so many different sports, right? It's, it's free flowing, like soccer and hockey. Um, it's very fast paced, like hockey. It's rough, like hockey. There there's football elements to it, obviously with the tackling and the running and even like the scoring methods, like that's very similar, but it's also like basketball in a way. That's something I've kind of picked up like in this last year or so. Like a lot of flow. Yeah, like a lot of flow, like a lot of like, you know, run moving without the ball. You obviously can't pass forward in, in rugby. So it's a lot of like space manipulation, you know, just by where you're at on the field. And even like the ball handling stuff, like in terms of passing, I've noticed like with this Colorado XO program, which I'm looking forward to talking about here in a little bit too, Justin, like these guys are coming from different sports in this program. And a lot of them are basketball players. They have basketball backgrounds and those guys can, they can pass you know, in way more advanced ways than I ever would have imagined so quickly because they have been playing three on three basketball for their whole life. So like they can do these like cheeky little, you know, backflips or like they can go like behind their back or like behind their head and it works because they've been playing basketball like that forever. So it takes like a combination of all these little sports and, uh, you know, so it just kind of depends, like whatever you like about whatever the sport you like, like it probably exists in rugby, to be honest. Like it may be the only comparison that doesn't exist is baseball i haven't really found out a way to compare <laughs> baseball to rugby yet but i'm sure if you give me some more time i can probably come up with something <laughs> i think that i mean you hit it right on the head that's kind of what i was going for um i i've been trying to get more into rugby i sometimes yeah. feel a little bit lost when i'm watching it but i see there like i see the elements of it where you it'll just be subtle you know the way somebody moves and it's like oh i just created that running lane for him there and all of a sudden the dude takes off it's really entertaining yeah. And I think like there's a lot of issues with the way that like, I don't know, with rugby in general, like how to consume it. One of the things I always talk about is there is so much of it, but for people like you and for people that want to get into it, that's almost a good thing at the same time, because like very truly, the more you watch it, the more you'll understand. And there is like a lot of different intricacies to it, but you don't need to understand all the intricacies to like it. And I think that's like a unique thing about it as well. Like you can like just seeing the long runs, you can like seeing the big tackles, you can like, you know, whatever, whatever you like about rugby, like that's okay. You can like that and you'll, you'll learn the intricacies and the, you know, the ins and outs of it later as you watch more matches. I mean, that's kind of the, the beauty of a lot of sports, right? Like you can get as as deep into it as you want, you know, baseball, if you're at its most basic levels, like people playing catch and trying to hit it. But then obviously like when you get into, you know, managing a lineup and all that, it's like, it's as deep as you make it. Right. And I think there's a, it's like a stigma. I've seen a lot with hockey, especially like hockey, Twitter, how they're kind of like protective of hockey. Like if you don't understand pieces of hockey, you kind of get shamed for it. And that like could not be any more untrue in rugby. Like if you don't understand rugby, you end up going to a rugby match. Like I promise you sit next to somebody that knows it. They'll tell you everything you want to know. Like you 
and ask them a million questions. They won't get annoyed. Uh, I had instances. I was covering the 2019 MLR final in San Diego when I worked for the league, you know, two years ago. And the guy that was sitting next to me in the press box had never seen him game before in his life. So I spent a lot of my time, like, while I was taking notes, explaining to him, like, this is what happened. This is what this means. This is why this is important. Like, I don't, you know, I'm glad that I was there for him so he could understand and enjoy the match and, you know, get enough to put a story out. Like, that's kind of, I feel like everybody across the, you know, this, the sporting landscape of rugby feels that same way because they just want people to like it. That's encouraging to hear. I think the whole gatekeeping aspect of a lot of sports is is lame. Like, right. if anything, you should want every, I mean, I know it's kind of, people are the same way with artists. You know, when artists blow up like a your favorite rapper or whatever, it's, I listened to him on SoundCloud. Now he's playing the Pepsi Center. This sucks. And it's like, well, wouldn't you want them to be successful? Exactly. Isn't that like when you first started listening to this guy, like you want to, show him to every all of your friends you want to show this music off and it's the same yeah. thing or yeah that's a good point i've never thought of it like that so you know we, we talked about pinkelman a little bit i kind of want to go back to the the collegian story just kind of to give people a little bit of a background um you know what kind of information was in there like what was that experience like that that seems like one of the more unique student media pieces that i've ever heard of i remember when you did it um, yeah. and i remember liking it but just kind of give everybody an idea of what that was like. Yeah. So especially with Ben, like, like I said, Ben's a Cherry Creek guy. So he's a guy I kind of knew like coming up through in rugby through high school and stuff. Um, and I thought it was incredibly unique. And that's like back when I was interning for mile high sports, like for my, my CSU, like I needed that. to credit, yeah. yeah. And when that came out, like when they announced the team that was going to Rio, I remember telling my editor, like, we should do this is cool man this is like a high school this kid went to high school at cherry creek like he's at csu and he's about to play in the olympics and i remember him being like so like nonchalant about it and i was like okay maybe this isn't the spot for it so i was like well whatever i'm the assistant you know editor at the collegian right now like i can just do this so i, I ended up reaching out to ben got a hold of him he was like super helpful I remember I did that interview as one of the most unsafe interviews I've ever done. When I first talked to him, I was driving like my stick shift 96 a four, like <laughs> down spear Boulevard when he called me back. So I'm like taking notes, trying to shift, trying to not get in a car accident. Um, but he just kind of like talked to me about like, this has literally been his dream. Like all throughout college, he would go to these different camps and try to get selected for, you know, these different traveling sides. And it just never happened until it did, like until he finally like busted through and he made the, like, he made the freaking Olympic team. Like he was playing in Rio. Uh, so Ben, he was nice enough to keep a, a short diary for us. I think it was ended up being like once every, you know, a couple of weeks or something like that, but just kind of writing about like what he was doing, you know, what his experience was like in, in the Olympics and a couple of the matches, of course. So pretty, uh, you know, it was, I was glad we got to be able to do it. I was very thankful that he helped us do it for free, you know, obviously student yeah. media, you don't have a lot of money to toss around. And that's like a big ask of somebody like, Hey, I know you're competing against like the best athletes in the world, but do you want to like, keep a journal for us too? That we can publish <laughs> and let people know at CSU, like how's it going on? So, uh, I was very glad and thankful that he did it. I thought it was a cool piece. And, um, I guess that's like one of the, the my go-to things, like even with this world cup coming up, I, I want to try to do that again. I think that's a unique way to go about documenting something. I mean, I love the idea and I, I just love the the whole backstory there because I think, you know, how could you not root for a guy like that? Obviously, he's a local kid, so you're rooting for him there. He's a CSU Ram, you're going to root for him there. 
But then, you know, he's a guy who had to work for it. You know, he had to strive for it. And now he's like the superstar. Those are the best kind of stories. You know, the, the Tim Duncans of the world where it's like, he's like, I don't know. I just, I played, I played basketball and then I ended up being amazing at it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so like I said, looking forward to seeing what Ben does with this tour upcoming here because he is, you know, he's, he's 26 now, 27. He's hitting the, the prime of his like athletic life. Um, and, and like I said, they're going to make a run out of metal. It's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be, again, a lot of late nights because I think those matches are like 3 a.m. or something. So I'm going to be <laughs> very tired walking around like a zombie for those three weeks. You just got to caffeine up, dude. Uh, I know. I, I'm not a coffee guy, but I'm, I'm sl- like, I wonder when that point will happen for me where I just start guzzling coffee. I feel like it's coming <laughs> quick. What about you like Red Bull or any of those other alternatives? Yeah, uh, I don't. I try not to. I really try to stay away from it. I, I am like a monster guy if I'm doing a long road trip or something, but I'm trying to like keep those in the single digits over the course of a year. I'm not trying to drink too much of that stuff. <laughs> Probably wise advice for all of us. Yes. Let's let's talk about some of the other CSU connections. And obviously, yeah. you know, Pinkelman, I think you know, a lot of Ram fans are probably going to look him up now and, and follow the story. And I encourage them to do so. I'll continue to get Colton on here. Cause I want to one help grow DNVR rugby. And we'll talk about all yeah. that stuff, but I just want to give people, you know, more tastes of why they should be rooting for it, especially as Ram fans. Right. And we, we're going to have the, the prime opportunity, Justin, with the Olympics coming up. Uh, there'll be, there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about was kind of rugby has been on a hiatus really like every other sport. It wasn't as quick to come back as some of this other stuff. It's been nice that we could watch stuff overseas. Um, but another guy you can watch right now is Evan Geist. He's a Mullen graduate. He played rugby at CSU around the same time as Ben Pinkelman. I think he graduated in 2017, um, but he plays for the new England free jacks uh, of MLR. That's the top rugby competition in the country. Uh, and he's a big second rower. He's got fun guy to watch another local guy. Like I was just mentioning. Um, and he's, he's been, you know, playing out in new England for two years now. That's a guy you can watch right now, every Saturday. Um, he's consistently cracking starting lineups. So uh, another guy to keep on your radar with Pinkelman there. Um, there's a couple other people too. We can jump into So Mose Timoteo and Sarah Shabbat. Those are coaches at the Colorado XOs, which is what we've been covering primarily here at the NVR rugby, really like two USA international legends, like both had very long, successful careers for the USA Eagles. Um, and those guys, uh, Mose is the attack coach at the XOs and Sarah Shabbat coaches of forwards. And both of them coach the CSU program in their spare time too. So like, I don't think they get any money for that. They live down in Denver and they're driving up couple times a week, you know, traveling for matches, like just to, you know, help continue to grow rugby, especially grow rugby at CSU. Um, and then there's another guy too, a guy I've had on the DMVR rugby podcast once a guy, another guy I did a story on while I was at the collegian, Zach Pounga. He is a monster. He played football at CSU. Um, I sure know that Justin, name. yeah. Uh, played for the Texans a little bit. He got signed like during the lockout year. So that made it tough for an undrafted fullback to make the Houston Texans. Uh, but had some time with the Texans. He played uh, professional rugby in the first iteration of pro rugby. It was literally called pro rugby. It was the professional rugby organization. That was a very short-lived league. It was one year long. But he was one of the best players in that competition, CSU guy. Now he's an MMA fighter. So that guy just has done it all. The three-time professional athlete just doing like the craziest, most badass sports you can do. Uh, so there's Don't those, get an but, altercation with that, dude. Oh, that guy, that guy will beat you up real bad. Uh, so that that's kind of the, the the top CSU connections that come right off the top of my head. But like, just it, that's my, kind of my point is like anywhere you look, if you look at the international level, 
If you look at, you know, the highest professional rugby level here in the United States, we've got some coaches here at this unique EXO program. And then Zach Pauk is just a freak of, na- a freak of nature. Uh, but you can kind of look anywhere and just see like there, there's Rams in the rugby universe. And it's kind of cool because like I was mentioning, this is the, this is when rugby's blowing up and there's, there's some Rams that have their hands in it for sure. It's just cool to see so many different influences and to see these guys like competing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of get into the the MLR stuff and the Colorado XOs just because it, it's it's been kind of hard for some people to follow. I think there's been a lot of transition with like they had a team and yeah. then they were the development. <laughs> and so let's, let's just kind of explain that so people I'm can I'm happy keep to up. explain this dynamic, Justin, because you're right. It is confusing. There are even some hardcore rugby people that are confused by this whole thing. So uh, MLR started in 2017. So I was lucky enough. I worked for the league for two years. Um, the Raptors were like a founding member of the team. They competed up until 2020 when the season was shortened. It was canceled because of COVID. Um, the Raptors made the decision to withdraw from the MLR. They weren't jiving with like the, the direction the league was going. Like when the league originally started, it was been, you know, we want, this is all about developing American rugby as the league evolved. It's just becoming a competitive league and, and, you know, to win matches, you need to sign foreign players. And uh, a lot of the teams are getting filled up with foreign players, taking slots away from American players that, you know, development opportunities. So they made the decision to leave and kind of do their own thing, um, try to develop American talent in their own way. And that's just kind of birthed this idea of the Colorado XOs. So the Colorado XOs stands for crossovers, a lot of, a lot of people say, you know, hug, kiss, stuff like that, but it's uh, <laughs> so it's the crossover. So they, for the last year, like this has been in their brain for two years. They did like a test run a couple of years ago at Aspen Rugger Fest, which is a very fun tournament in the fall. If you're ever in Aspen in September, you got to check that out. So they wanted to recruit like just better athletes. The best athletes in this country are doing different things. They're They're playing football. They're playing, they're wrestling. They're playing basketball. They're doing things, you know, where there's money, where there's a lot of opportunity. Rugby is a, is a opportunity that, it, you know, it's just becoming an opportunity, right? With these new, these professional leagues, this is a, this is turning into a legitimate way to make money and keep playing sports before you just have to, you know, be an adult and get a real job to be honest. So they've been, you know, this last year or so, they've been recruiting guys from college programs, um, you know, guys that didn't, yeah, were fringe bubble NFL guys, guys that have, played in the CFL, stuff like that, XFL, and just be like, hey, you know, we have this opportunity. You can move here. You can train. You can learn how to play rugby. You have a legitimate chance to, you know, make it to the MLR, make it to overseas or make it to the U.S. national team. Um, You know, all you got to do is just agree and and buy into this. And that's kind of what they did. So they brought in the rough almost 40 guys in January, played a 10-match season this year. And uh, it was, it was just like, it was the most fun I've ever had, like being around any program, like seeing how they progressed, seeing them pick it up, seeing them like very literally transform into rugby players. And then it's birthed, I think the number out there right now, there's six guys, I think that will be playing like in the MLR this year that had never touched a rugby ball before January 11th, like will be like playing in the highest level of, you know, professional rugby in the United States, like as early as July or end of June. So um, I don't, I don't, they went five and five this year. So they played, you know, a lot of these MLR Academy teams, the the MLR players of tomorrow were playing against these guys that had played rugby for 15, 20 years, whatever um, held their own. I think 
over the course of the year, they their combined you know point differential. I think they the matches they lost were like by 19 points combined. So they were in every single game. Um, just so much fun to be around. So much fun to see like how it worked and and you know how it's going to go. Because I think no matter which way you spin it, this was a success. Um, and I think a lot of teams and a lot of you know especially these fan base of these MLR teams are going to be very pleasantly surprised with the caliber of player that they will be getting that, like I said, had never touched a rugby ball back in January. So it was, that's uh, a pretty impressive a, success rate. If you, you know, yeah. six dudes that are like, you know, roughly 40, considering it was the right. first time that had ever been tried for it to be such a massive success. That's cool to see that they had the vision and then they were able to, you know, like see it through fruition. Right. I know, Justin, you're an Alabama football fan, right? I've seen you yeah. take some heat for that online before. <laughs> that that was like kind of, if you go back and if people are interested, go back to listen to episode I did with Peter Pask in, I think it was September or October or something of last year. Um, he's kind of like been in charge of the recruitment of all this stuff. And so he like talks about the measurables he's looking for. And that's like the, the analogy he's used through this whole thing was like, if the Alabama Crimson Tide took their football team and all their resources and everything, their recruitment, their coaches, like their facility, like all that money, and they just taught their team how to play rugby for one year, like how good could that team be? That That's kind of like what they've like based this whole thing off of. And, it, you know, it's what the, the, the players that they brought in this year are not Alabama football. I don't think anybody played Alabama, but there are like it's SEC level guys. Like there's guys that played at Ole Miss. Uh, one of the best players on the team this year, you know, Glenn Robinson, the big dog. He played for the yeah. Cubs. Yeah. His, his youngest son, Jalen, w- was a monster this year. Like he, his youngest son, Jalen, came in here. I don't think he missed a tackle all year. Like he, he's a monster. He, he's going to be one of the guys that winds up playing in the MLR this year. And again, a guy that had never thought about playing rugby before he heard about this opportunity. So Jalen came in here as a guy, David Still. Uh, he went played literally every position at like Saginaw Valley State. Uh, didn't get an opportunity to make a combine or anything because of COVID. And this was an opportunity. He came in and lit it up. Like he scored six tries in 10 games, which is absurd. Again, had never played rugby before. He's going to be a guy that winds up playing in the MLR. Like he was a guy that MLR coaches in the last match of the season. He plays fullback, which is kind of like free safety part returner because you can kick the ball deep whenever you want in rugby. Yeah. Kicked him in the first half, and he's literally like Devin Hester. The coaches were like at halftime, we're like, we cannot kick the ball anymore. Like, if you get in trouble deep in your own zone, like we'll find a way to get it out. Like, don't kick it to that guy, or he's gonna burn us. So, it's guys that like have just fallen through the cracks, guys that should be in the M- the NFL, guys that just never got a shot out of college. It's another guy, Tony Tupo. He literally played for his Seahawks, the Falcons, the Cardinals, and he's 28. Like, he should be doing something, he should not just be sitting at home, like he should not have to get a new job. Like they can, they can use his athletic ability in some other way, you know? So just to, just to see like these guys, and they've really fallen in love with it too, which I think is a fun thing. Like I could see trying this out, you know, whatever. Um, but it's been awesome. I could talk about these guys all day. There's another guy, Michael Bandy played at San Diego. He's playing in the spring league right now. He was the captain of the XOs up until a month before the season, got an opportunity to go back to spring league. I think he's like the leading receiver in the spring league right now. Like I would not be surprised if this guy winds up at an NFL training camp, like at playing receiver. So they've recruited, they did a really good job recruiting these crazy high caliber athletes that just for one reason or another, didn't make it to their ultimate goal. And 
Um, I think with this season in the books, it's only going to be easier to get new guys coming in the fall and run it back next year. So it's the, the sky's the limit. And like I said, it's been the most fun I've ever had doing work, just covering these guys, being around these guys and getting to know them. I love it, man. I think it's, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it was a great idea. I mean, it's fun just to think about, you know, if you were just throwing people out there, like Capri Bibbs, like let's say if Capri Bibbs all of a sudden just decided you want to know what I want to play rugby. Like that dude was tough to bring down anyways. I couldn't even imagine what a dude with like his insane, like athleticism and, and strength could do out there. Right. And this is no knock. And I think like this, this idea has not been super well received within the rugby community for several different reasons. And, and I think they have, they have, you know, ground to stand on in some places, but like, there's just not a Capri Bibbs in rugby, man. Like there's just not like a, an athlete of his caliber playing rugby. Like in another guy, like I was going back through my, my brain, like when you were kind of tossing out topics, like D Hart is another dude that sticks yeah. out to me. Like D Hart was the man at CSU, right? He made the decision to leave school a little bit too early. Didn't end up sticking like in the NFL, like that guy should He's still like, he's still like 28. Like he could still pick it up right now and have two or three good seasons of rugby like in him where he could contribute to a team. Um Joe Hansley, that I love that episode you do with Joe Hansley. Like when they were assembling this team, he was like a guy that came to mind. Like he's a guy who's a superior athlete, didn't stick at with the Raiders. Uh, he was a guy, you know, I was like, I threw him out when when they were kind of like oh, hey, do you know anybody that would be interested? And I was like, this, yeah. I mean, I was like Gatorade player of the year when I was in high school and he contributed all four years at CSU. Like he's another guy that, that kind of came to mind. Um, I don't I don't know if they ended up ever reaching out to him or not. Uh, but it's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guys you can think of like even off the top of your head that could be, they didn't make it to the NFL. It's really hard to make the NFL. You know, there's hundred guys on a team. If that, like if we're counting practice squad, all that stuff, not even yeah, millions of players across the country. Exactly. They're, you know, they should, they shouldn't have to go do an office job. They shouldn't have to go work right away. Right. So come play rugby, come try this new sport. Um, you know, so I, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to see where the future, you know, holds for this program because this, this year was probably way more of a success than I think anyone would have imagined like back in last summer when this kind of was all coming together. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing like what the, the next, you know, crop of athletes, because I, I do really think it's just going to get better. They're just going to get better athletes. The, the marketing machine is kind of like, it's just kind of working through word of mouth because these guys, friends have come and said, you know, this was fun. They took good care of us. We got to learn how to play rugby. Like you should come do it too. You're not doing anything. Like don't, don't go coach receivers at your high school just yet. Like come try to play rugby. You can do that in three years. So. I got to imagine, you know, like you said, it's only going up and that's not even, you know, me trying to, you know, like puff you up because you're on the podcast. I mean, once, you know, once they see that it works and, you know, like you said, the word of mouth, like, all right, this looks pretty cool. Or, you know, it's like anything, you just got to get somebody to try. And then once those, that first domino falls, the rest is going to happen. Like as soon as you guys land, just one of those, you know, like a Joe Hansley, like if you land somebody like that, that's like, you know, an all conference player locally, but like, doesn't make it. And then that guy goes on to be a superstar. Then it's just going to be considered like a normal thing for people to do. Like, well, I didn't make it in football. I'll go try rugby. Right. And I, one of those guys that did actually, you know, the XOs did get their hands on this year was a uh, Teron Beckham. That's Odell Beckham Jr.'s cousin. He was like hot name in the streets five or six years ago. Yeah. He was writing all these articles about him. But like, he's a guy, he has like almost 600,000 Instagram followers. And like, he, 
you know, came and had a great time and has been, you know, very vocal about like how this is fun and how he thinks this is a, it's just kind of cool to see him discover it in the way that's like hit me, you know, 10 years ago, like it's hitting him now. And that's kind of been the same thing with all these guys. Like, you know, you get in, you, you start, you know, playing, you start like getting a feel of the culture, like get a feel of the people. And, and every single one of these guys have been like, this is so fun. Like I was talking to these guys that had played SEC football, like after their first match down in New Orleans. And they were like, this is seriously the most fun I've had since I was like in fifth grade in gym class. So uh, it's, you know, like I said, I could talk about this program all, all day. It's been, it's been super fun to be around, super fun to cover, super fun to get to know these guys. And I'm just excited to see, you know, where they go and how they look when they do get to the MLR. And then honestly, like Jalen is a guy who could play international rugby in two years. Like he could be, you know, on the next world cup team. And that, that would be nuts from doing, not knowing one single thing about rugby three years ago to, you know, playing international rugby. Like he's a guy that I know just from talking to the coaches and, and being around, you know, other guys and, and just watching him myself. Like he is a guy who could play, be playing overseas for sure in a year. He's, he's a monster. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to bet on all of the action. My friends, my family, everyone is loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Just listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right, pick any basketball team that is still in contention. That $1, if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget though, DraftKings also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, so much more all week. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits just by betting on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you're going to walk away with $100 in free credits. Again, that's with the promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, wagers paid out in site credits, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Kind of going back a little bit, what was the reaction from like the rest of Major League Rugby when Colorado decided, you know, this is what, we were, what we're going to do? You know, you said that the opinions in the rugby community are, are kind of split on terms of like what this vision is and whether it's good or not. And I imagine some of it is them being kind of like, rugby special like we don't need you know wash-ups or like has-beens and other sports but like you said it's just the context of if they are great athletes you know why not get them in but you know what what was the reaction I guess from the rugby community as a whole did they support it or were they like this isn't going to work so kind of like half and half I think more people like the plan and the idea and just like the initiative to do it than people that don't um I did a podcast back in February where they were just kind of trying to figure out more about this stuff and, and having covered it, you know, as closely as I've have since the idea was birthed, I went on and talked about it and there, it was like a, the way the show set up, it was like a live show. So the person right before me is a prominent scrum half that played here uh, in the past. And he was saying, you know, best of luck to him, but I don't think that's the way to move 
rugby forward. And this is kind of what I said on the show and what I say when people ask, have asked this question in the past is like, you're right in a way, like it's not the way, but it is a way to move the sport forward. Right. It's not, you know, there's no one set way to, to, you know, plan this out in the future. And this is the code. This is what you have to do to follow it. But, but it is a way and it's a way to grow the player pool. It's a way to get, you know, better athletes involved. Um, so you're right. It's not the only way. And then and the other thing I say too, is like, you can teach a guy to play rugby, but you can't teach a guy to be six, five and be 280 and run like a four, five, 40, you know, you can't teach that, but you can teach that guy how to play rugby. It's not, it doesn't go both ways. So if you have the opportunity to, to do that, why would, why wouldn't you do it to me? Like, it just seems like, you know, this is just a different way to add to what's already growing with the MLR, with like a traditional pathway of play rugby from when you're eight years old and then, uh, you know, work your way up through high school and then go play in college and then play in the MLR. And then, you know, eventually get to the national side. But the problem that exists with that, which is, has existed in the USA for 50 years, right. Is the, the best rugby players at 12 years old are also going to be the best football players at 12 year old. They're also going to be the best basketball players at 12 year old. They're going to be the best wrestlers. They're going to play rugby up through high school. And then when you get to college, they're going to, you know, if you have an opportunity, you know, the option between a rugby scholarship and a football scholarship, you're not going to take the rugby scholarship. You're going to take the football scholarship because that's where the opportunity is. Right. So then you're sitting at the spot where you hope that after they're done doing their other sport, after they're done wrestling, after they're done playing football you have to just hope that they want to come back and play rugby that's like not hope is not a strategy you know like <laughs> that's not there's not like a, a strategy that, that works so this is just another way to add to what's already being built like there's you know it's like a river right we're all trying to get yeah. into the river there's a bunch of tiny little streams this could be another stream um and i think it's going to produce a lot of a lot of players that people might not have expected you know, I think there's a lot, there's, you know, quite a few sports that kind of suffer from that same problem. People that, you know, big baseball fans, soccer fans, they say the same thing, you know, like the best athletes in the U S they aren't playing soccer. They're playing basketball. They're playing football, you know, and baseball, same deal. Like, why would I play baseball? I'm going to do this. Like, but if you can grow it, you can create that interest. Then maybe that starts to shift. So it's one of the big keys kind of growing the youth game, which I know it has a lot in Colorado. We're seeing leagues pop up. Um, but I think we probably need it to grow like more on a national level, I would guess, before we kind of get that that ball right. really rolling in the right direction. I think, uh, one, I mean, one of the things I've seen just being in rugby for as long as I have is, if of course, if you can grow the youth game, that's what you should do, right? The more the more kids you have with rugby balls in their hands from when they're compared to football, compared to any other sport, like I was playing football the second I could, you know, when I was seven years old, like I had a helmet on. If you could do that with rugby, like you're going to breed fantastic rugby players. That's how it is in New Zealand. That's how it is anywhere, you know, anywhere that rugby's huge. Uh, so obviously like it's always about growing grassroots. That's going to be like the way. And then like we talked about earlier, if you instill a love in rugby and those guys and they, and those guys and girls, and they do want to come back eventually, that's, that's a win for you, right? They already have the basic skills. Um, but you know, you, just you need the other guys them. too. Yeah, yeah you you gotta, need, exactly. You need everybody you can get, and this is a way to get everybody. I want. I wonder how rugby could take the next step, like culturally, in terms of just growing and and becoming more mainstream. And I guess I think what you guys are doing, honestly, is a great way, just because 
you're bringing some name recognition, like whether, you know, rugby purists that dislike other athletes coming into their sport want to admit it or not. If you had a guy like Capri Bibbs, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, 3000 CSU fans are watching the Colorado XOs because they just want to see Capri Bibbs. Exactly. And this is a question that a lot of people have, you know, thrown out there, especially in the last couple of years, as rugby gets bigger in the United States, like how do you make it take the next step? And when I was, when I worked for MLR, I had the opportunity to talk to a PFT commenter. He's a guy that played rugby in Austin. He knows like some of the the commentators that have kind of like run. And I've asked him that too. He's obviously like an expert at growing like a podcast and growing a social following. And I asked him and, and it, the question, I mean, the answer like lies within the, it's so against the ethos of rugby as a sport. Like rugby is such a not like an anti, you know, recognition, like this is a, this is the true team game. Like it's never about me. It's never, yeah, it's about not the individual I've noticed that. And it's a cool culture. It's very, it's very like wholesome and pure in that way. But in terms of like making it massive, like the NBA, that's just not the way to do it, you know, like, and, and it sucks because it is, it's just against everything that rugby is, but like to make it big, it, there needs to be a shift in that. Like there needs to be, you know, feuds like that exist between the Broncos and the Raiders. Like those don't exist. Like it's always very respectful. Um, another thing too, is like in rugby, you know, you don't, you rarely have your last name on your Jersey because your, your number on the field, like represents the position you play. So like if you're number 10, you're always playing fly half. Like that is your position. If you're number 12, you're inside center. So I could play fly half this week. And then our, you know, a better fly half comes next week. He gets back from injury. And then I go play on the wing. Like I'm still playing. I'm still starting, but it's completely different. I'm wearing a different Jersey. And like that identification, you know, with that specific player, like I could be the biggest Ben Pinkelman fan of all time, but and I want to have like a Ben Pinkelman jersey, but Ben Pinkelman's jersey rotates, you know. So like, yeah, that that's interesting. Too, like, so one of the teams, uh, the Austin Gilgronies down in Texas, like they've kind of are, are switching that up. Like they're putting last names on jerseys, and while the jerseys may rotate, you know, if a guy primarily plays flanker and he's my favorite player, like I can go into their pro shop and buy like a flanker jersey with this guy's last name on it. So there's there's like things that that rugby will need to evolve in some way to make it bigger. Um, but there's other things like I just don't ever see, I don't ever see like there being a LeBron in that sense because the the guys that play rugby just literally just aren't like that. And that's kind of one of the the things that the football players and the wrestlers and stuff that came to the XOs have learned. That's something I know they spend a lot of time talking about. Like, you know, when we score a try, we don't we're not like pulling a sharpie out of our sock and throwing the ball like into the you know third deck. Like we don't do that. That's just not like how rugby is, but that's, you know, I could say from me personally, like, I like that about football. I like when somebody, you know, does like, that's what I wanted to ask you as somebody that likes other sports. Like to me, like I want to see shit talking. I want to see celebrations. And and I get that that probably goes against, you know, the culture and like the origins of the game and you want to be respectful and all that, but you know, baseball is having the same problem. You know, we can try and be respectful to what made baseball baseball in 1920 right. but nobody's fucking watching you and and i think the thing i've had this conversation with a lot of people too is like we we are literally in the stages of like we are crafting american rugby like as a whole like whether it be the exos whether it be the mlr whether it be like the college like we should make this our version of it right like we shouldn't play the same type of rugby that they play in england or that they play in new zealand 
like we there's things that we should do because it makes sense in America or like we think it's good and cool and it you know helps it grow we shouldn't just stick to the status quo because that's how it you know that's how it was when you know William Webb Ellis like created <laughs> rugby and yeah so is that the actual creator of rugby that is, yeah that's a deep cut <laughs> I was trying to pull out the year, but it's it's escaping me right now. I think it's like eighteen twelve or something like that. That's all right. You don't want somebody on the internet to tweet at you and be like, "See, it was eighteen eleven, you moron." Justin, they don't give a Twitter account to just anybody, man. Those people are uh, they know what they're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> so. I don't know, man. I think I think it'd be cool. Like, I get the internal struggle though, because I mean, it's like anything. You don't want gatekeeping. You don't want because you want it to grow, but also you want the sport to be, you know, special and what you love about it. And so I imagine the people that have been involved with rugby, you know, for like 30, 40 years, they're like, well, I don't care if, you know, 100,000 people are there. Rugby is awesome and I love it. So I don't care yeah. what they think. Right. Those people always exist. And that's the thing about rugby too is like, and I explained, I was talking to Vote about this last year. Like he came on and we did like a, we made a starting 15 full NBA players. It was very fun. I very much enjoyed I love that, that idea. Yeah. Uh, I asked Nate Ebner. He plays for the Giants. He is a rugby guy. He played for the Patriots. He's going to play in the Olympics if he makes the team again. I asked him that question and he hated that question. But that, like, that kind of goes to show, like, he is a traditional rugby guy. And I asked him, I was like, if you had to make a, a you know, a first 15 of NFL players, who would you pick? And he's like, I wouldn't pick NFL players. I'd pick rugby players. I don't know what they're doing. So, um, I might have to get you on to do a 15 might be hard, but we could do like pick a sevens team with like all time Colorado state athletes or even dude, we could do a We could do a 15 team. I think we could, we could do both if you want, like, and that would be fun too, because it's like the specializing of the, you know, of the talents and what they're good at and stuff like that. Um, but I was explaining to vote like rugby is, is so what I really like about it is that is that respect because you have to respect your opponents, like, because you already mentioned it is so niche. You have to respect the official because without, like, if that, if that team doesn't show up to play, like you're not playing rugby that day, right? Like this is the, this is the 23 guys like from this area that are coming to play you. And if you are disrespectful to them and they decide like, screw you, I'm not coming to play in your game, then you're just screwed. Then you don't have, you have one less rugby game to play. Same thing with the ref. Like, if you're mean to the ref and the ref's like, I, you know, I'm not ref in this game. Like you're screwed. You don't have a ref. You can't play rugby without a ref. That's what, <laughs> you need a ref to play rugby. So there's, I, that's what is one thing I appreciate about that. Uh, but going back to like one of the biggest issues I, I'm using air quotes here. Air quotes. Yeah. Ish, yes. Issues in, in rugby that has been like a hot topic since MLR became a thing. Um, is so in rugby after you score your try, which is your like your touchdowns worth five points, you kick the conversion. You kick the conversion on the the spot on the field from wherever you scored the try. So if you score the try like out by the pylon, you, you have to it kick there. it from that plane. So you got to bring it back really far. But while you kick the conversion, which is worth two points, in rugby literally anywhere else in the world, you, the whole place gets really quiet. You have to respect the kicker, like. It's hard to make these. So everyone's super quiet. You respect him. You just let it's up to him to make the conversion. And that's like a been a rule in rugby, but that's not like how it is in America, right? Like think about shooting free throws. Like oh, yeah, we they, heckle you know, everyone. Exactly. We want to jump in and talk about this mellow. Is it wrong to be <laughs> mellow while he's shooting free throws? Like, is it wrong to boo the kick, give the kicker the business when he's kicking the, like in America, that hasn't been the case. Like we, you know, 
we as Americans have not respected the kicker for these clubs. Like I've been to matches in Seattle. I've been to matches in San Diego. I've been to matches in New Orleans. Like I've been matches in a lot of MLR cities and, and Seattle's like was notorious for not respecting the kicker. Like they're very loud. They boo, they go crazy when the other, and that's like an issue that has existed in American rugby. And the most viral clip that has come out of MLR in the last, this last week was in Utah. They're, they're kicking Austin's kicking a conversion and Utah's mascot rode like a Harley Davidson, like in front of him. And that blew up like on the internet because every, you know, all these different in New Zealand and all these different publications across the world's like MLR is awesome. MLR is awesome. Like, and they're kind of starting to see like, you know, this is like kind of quirky and weird, but like, that's American. Oh, they liked it. They did like it for the most. I thought it was going to be like them being like, oh, look at these idiots, like they're ruining our game. I'm sure those people exist. And I would like to see like if those people had the same tune, if they did that in England or something. But yeah, the the most of the publications and stuff I've seen, like make tweets about it or like, this is why MLR is the best league in the world. Number, you know, part 384, like this guy wrote a Harley Davidson, like in front of the, this, you know, warrior, like Panther mascot, <laughs> just riding a motorcycle across the field while this guy's trying to kick the conversion. And, and that, but that's like what, that's what rugby needs. You know, like we shouldn't not ride a motorcycle on the field because other countries tell us not to, like, if we want to do that, who cares to do it? And if that's what's blowing up on the internet, because that's like uniquely American. American sports fans love a rowdy time. So if you let them just go like party for three hours and get really yeah. into it, like make it a good time. You know, it does not, it's not golf. It's a contact sport. Right. And that's like notoriously like the Hong Kong sevens, like the craziest weekend of rugby in China. That's what people do. They dress up in funny costumes. Sevens tournaments are three days long and you literally just drink for 12 hours, watch rugby, be crazy. Uh, at Infinity Park here, the third weekend of August, every year for the last 10 years, they have Rugby Town Sevens, which is an international sevens tournament, teams from Barbados. And it's the same thing. Like you come on Friday, I think the matches start at 10 a.m. on Friday, and you just, you know, you you have beers and you watch rugby for three days straight. There's fireworks. Like that. the rugby's about having a good time. And I think, you know, more people will realize that as it continues to get bigger here. Not unlike college, which, you know, we kind of hinted at the beginning and then we went and we, or not hinted, we <laughs> said it at the beginning, you and I went to school together. We worked at the Collegian. We had some classes together. I'm going to get you on to talk more rugby in the future. Cause I, yeah, I want to continue to help grow it. And me myself, like I enjoy learning about it from you. It's just, it's fun to see something niche and something that is like, I don't know. It, it, it's cool to be in a state. That's like actually making an impact on the sport right. for the entire country. Colorado is, that was another thing in my notes, Justin, Colorado is the place to be when it comes to rugby. You've got a bunch of high school programs that are perennial powerhouses, Regis Jesuit, Palmer in Colorado Springs, Denver East always has a good program. Fort Collins High School has a program. Valor's getting into it, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever. <laughs> it's good for the game. I feel bad for the poor high school kids that have to play rugby against Valor. They're not very good right now. So if there's any Valor people listening to this, uh, sorry, not sorry, I guess. No, it's all right. Stay humble. You guys are winning everything. You guys, they uh, deserve a little bit of humble. Valor beat me in the high school. Uh, I lost uh, state championship to the McCaffreys and knocked me out my senior year. So I have a I have a spot for Val in my heart. Uh, there's good men's and women's clubs everywhere. Bar- Denver Barbarians, Water Dogs, Noco Flamingos up north. Um, 
CSU men and women both have clubs, EXOs, obviously. And then you have USA Rugby is headquartered here at Infinity Park at Glendale. So you can you can watch international rugby for less than 50 bucks. Like it's, that's a tough deal to beat. I mean, I, I can't think of many other sports where you could literally watch the people that are going to be representing in the Olympics. Yeah. And, and get to be them up at close too. Like that's the cool thing about Glendale. Like the seats, you know, you're right there. Yeah, you're on the field, dude. You can literally sit like on the bench with them. It's not, it's not roped off. You could sit next to the guys that are about to go in the match. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was very much looking forward to talking about college with you too, Justin. I hope I didn't take up too much time yapping about rugby. No, I mean, that's what this was all about. The college stuff is just the icing on the cake. The point of the podcast was to talk about, you know, the, the XOs and give people an idea of what they are and the, all the ties to CSU. And I think we did that again. Go check out, you know, Colton's doing podcasts on rugby all the time. He's got daily content. He's writing about it on the site. And you don't want to miss out because now's the time to get in. You can be the cool guy that's like, I had a Colorado XO shirt in 2021. And you know what's even like the best part about all the rugby content, Justin, is it's free. You don't need a subscription for this stuff. So this is a good trial run. Like Maybe you're on the you're on the fence about you know signing up for a DNVR subscription. Check out the rugby stuff. You want to check out you want you you know you're you're on the fence about the DNVR Rams content. Like check out the rugby stuff. See if you like it. See if you like the layout of everything, and then take that plunge because you won't regret it. It's uh it's the best coverage in the city. Well said, man. We just make it more fun to be a sports fan, and that includes being a rugby fan. It's that a niche true. community. It's a tight community, but somebody has to be the voice of it, and that's why my man Colton is here. And it's cool best. to see it growing. Do my best for sure. I got to ask you, like, you know, we obviously, we, we started at, at the Collegian and that's more of like, you know, traditional print journalism. And I don't think either of us are really doing what, you know, would be considered, you know, traditional journalism in the sense of like the classes we were taking at CSU and, and all of that. It's a lot more fun though, right? It is. And like in the same sense as the rugby is like the, this stuff didn't really like the stuff that we're doing arguably didn't really like exist when even we were in school. No, it really did five years ago. Like just like these, this rugby opportunities didn't exist. Like I wouldn't have this job if MLR didn't, you know, start, I wouldn't, it's just kind of crazy. Like it's all about timing and i um, just been fortunate to like be in a place at DNVR where, you know, they do like, give you free reign. Like I, you can really do whatever you want, like just make it cool. Um, they give you these opportunities to learn and grow and, and explore all this different stuff and do these live streams and, you know, record at the bar. Like all this stuff is just so, it, yeah, they just, you know, the sky's been the limit and it's been fun to just learn and grow like alongside everybody else. We have partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get some smoking hot deals with. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Solace has some banging deals all June long. You are not gonna wanna miss out. I'm talking 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 20% off all of Wana tinctures and tarts, 20% off all of Mountain Select rosin and cartridges, 25% off all of Blues Brother joint packs. They have it all on top of that you can get those crazy deals and an additional 20% off your entire order when you use DNVR20 at checkout. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Just head over to solacemeds.com, 
purchase from there. Again, use that code DNVR20 to save 20% on your entire purchase. If you happen to hit up the Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20 as well. That's the Wheat Ridge location of Solace Meds. Head in, mention DNVR20, get 20% off everything, and a free Solace Bar or King Cone. I'm going to make you go down like memory lane a little bit and just, you know, let's talk a little bit of old town, a little bit of CSU. Everybody loves that. If you're going up to Fort Collins, you know, where would the spots be that you'd have to, like, let's say you got a couple days, you know, like where are you eating? Where are you grabbing a drink? What what are your must visit spots in FOCA? So I was going through and I, I admittedly have not been to CSU very much since I graduated. I think I was there once last year once the year before, but Lucky Joe's is like my, one of my favorite bars, like in the world. I've, <laughs> I've been to a few bars. That one is at the top of the list for sure. In college, I remember like killing a lot of time at road, going over to road 34 after school or something. Uh, and then I think a sneaky, like good answer is a Skeller. Like I was going back thinking about like how much time I actually spent at the Skeller, you know, like well, part finish- of it with the newsroom being right there, right there. But like you finish up class and, you text your buddies like, Hey, where are you at? Like, Oh, I'm over here. It's like, Oh, let's go, you know, let's go to Skeller really quick and grab a beer. Sneak that the Skeller is awesome, man. Like that's one of the things I, I miss a lot about college and I have been thinking about college recently for, I don't really know why. Maybe it's because we're getting old, dude. I know it's been, we're almost been out. What? Five years. Is that right? Yeah. I don't like to think about it. Yeah. That's, that's weird. Almost (laughs) longer than we've been in. Uh, So those, those are my bar spots. I didn't, you know, of course, you you would make the rounds to Bondi and Rec Room and uh, that's all nobody's places. place of choice though. Those are just, that's just where you end up because yeah, that's it, how the night progresses. Exactly, and it's like it, it was part of the week. It was part as part of the college experience. You could not go there and not you know wind up in those yeah, sticky, the sticky floors. floors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I think of with Bondi is don't wear good shoes. Yeah, you don't get ruined. And then there was one night, uh, the drunken monkey, I don't think it's there anymore, but that RIP man, dude, I had a pair of gray Nikes that I wore in there. Like I had just taken them out of the box and those things went like right in the trash the next day. Those were, it looked like I had walked through like a freshly paved road. It was disgusting. My shoes were just black, uh, food spots though. I love crazy Carl's. I, I really do think that's like some of the best pizza, like anywhere. Uh, I did the beat the clock deal that kept me alive a lot on, I think it was Monday and Thursday. Still the best deal in town. Like you literally can't, a large pizza, if you call and get it for like 525 or whatever, you know, whatever time you call. That was a, you set your watch to five o'clock, call right away. Just get a, you know, large one topping pizza for five bucks. That was good stuff. Uh, love the pickle barrel. Uh, I need to make a trip up and visit the pickle barrel. And then uh, another one, charcoal broiler. A place oh, is so, so good. Place it's is so, so weird too. It is a weird place, but that's kind of what's like nice about it. And that was the last place I ate there with my parents. Uh, the day I moved home or I moved home from Fort Collins, I graduated. Next day was Mother's Day at the charcoal broiler. And then actually the last time I was up in Fort Collins last summer, stopped by the charcoal broiler before I drove back down to Denver. You can get like, you can just get the weirdest combination of food. You can get like a T-bone steak and like a spaghetti and meatball, like, combination but it's so good man that place is awesome 
the ambiance is all weird in there. It's like dark lighting and the decor is all yeah. weird. I see love some, the charcoal broiler. See some truckers gone. That's how you know it's like some some good eats too. Yeah, good sustenance. That's like, and it's affordable, you know, it's good food. It doesn't cost too much. Exactly. Maybe you don't take like your first date there or anything. You got to oh. make sure that they understand what they're getting into. That's like one of those, you got to know somebody's personality before you take them there. Yeah. And that's actually, I didn't even know it existed until probably like sophomore year. Honestly, one of my dad's friends went to CSU in like literally like the sixties or something. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I got to go charcoal broiler. Like just go in the back door. Like no one's going to stop you sit at the bar. And he, he's like, when I went in there for the first time, I was like, Oh yeah, I, I know why you like to eat here, but I don't knock you at all, man. It's good stuff. It's a good recommendation. That was a solid list. I mean, Road and Lucky Joe's are definitely my favorite bars. I've been, I've been asking people this because I've got, like, this is my last summer in Fort Collins or whatever. Technically, I'm, I'll, I'll still be covering CSU, so I'll still be up there quite a bit. But I'm moving down to Lakewood, and so I'm like, I gotta hit all the OG spots, make sure I don't miss anything in my last summer up here. That's good. Another one that just came to mind was Yum Yums. Did you ever eat there? Is that oh yeah. Yeah, that was like a Sunday treat because that was a little more money than I usually. Yeah, that that was like that's a splurge. Yeah, so that was like you know go to Yum Yums, get like a meat plate before the Sunday night football game. That was a that was a good spot too. So I lived like East Campus, so I didn't. I had friends that lived in West Campus, obviously ventured over there. Uh, but that was another that was another spot that just hit my brain right there. Oh man, I miss those days. Like. <laughs> I don't miss the stress of exams or or any of that stuff, but even something as simple as just like the Sunday night football dinner, like there were just like certain pleasures in life that you were just like, oh, this is just like life is good right now. It was a like I miss getting out of class at like 2 p.m. on a Friday and then it's, you know, it's kind of starting to get nice out. You go home and play NHL for three hours and like <sighs> eat Wendy's and then make a trip down old town. Like I miss those days, but I I don't miss like having literally zero dollars at all times. Like I don't know how I'm gonna eat tomorrow. I don't miss yeah, that I gotta stuff, stretch but, this seventeen dollars yeah. for thirteen days but, but somehow. I can I know if I go to Subway on Tuesday I can get like a six inch sandwich for like three bucks. I got I don't miss thinking about all that stuff, but I do <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about college recently and that's uh there's some good memories for sure. I'm going to let you go here in, in a sec because I've already taken up too much of your time. But I got to ask you just because, you know, we worked at the Collegian. We got to cover some fun stuff sports-wise. You know, what are like some of your favorite CSU sporting memories when you think back to either, you know, as a student, student media, however you want to take that. Just what are your, you know, top CSU sporting moments? Yeah, there. Are, I guess one of them is like the entire 2014 football season. That season was so fun. I miss Doesn't that feel like 20 years ago now? Was I know I was thinking that too. I missed the game where everyone stormed the field. What was at Utah State? Utah State. Yeah, oh, I, you missed homecoming. I, I was in uh, Kansas. My I had some like family stuff going on, so I was in. I remember watching that on TV, being like, "Man, I wish I was there." Uh, I missed that game, but just like that, even that showdown. That's kind of what made me think of D Hart. I was literally like in the front row in that end zone. They were running in the second half. That season was awesome. I went to the Air Force game, unfortunately, where they lost on the. Me too. And it took four hours to get home to drive 60 miles or whatever. (laughs) I don't remember what happened, but I think there must have been like a bad accident or something. But yeah, it was literally, I drove from Hill City, Kansas 
to the Springs, like that morning of, so I could get there for like the 1 PM kick or kickoff or whatever. And then I spent yeah. five hours in traffic going back to Denver with my family after the game. I remember that, uh, that was when Yik Yak was a big thing too. And I was flapping my gums on Yik Yak to all the cadets and the, like, it was, it was quite, the, <laughs> it was quite the evening. And then I sat sad in the car for four hours. So I guess everything, everything catches up to you. And then, I mean, obviously that's, 2016-17 CSU men's basketball season. Um, I covered it not very well. That was like, uh, man, what? that was when there was like eight guys available because everyone was ineligible and they had Juan well, Sabino. You, you got no access. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought that's what covering a team was like because my first experience was covering you, Stacy, and I was just like, oh, you don't even have to go to practice. They didn't even have practice availability. Yeah, I never went to practice. I didn't. I, and I just remember I like was going through the motion. That was so, I'm sure everybody hated me. It was just like, cause I didn't really want to do it to be honest. Like I didn't want to cover that team. I would go to the press conference. I would ask no questions. I would, I would, you know, I didn't go to any of the away games. So that, so that was bad for me. I, that was a big time learning experience. I learned like everything you're not supposed to do. Got like five or six parking tickets that year because I never got like a parking pass. So I would always park in the towers next to Joe Parker and I was getting tickets on the regular. Um, but that was just such a crazy season, just like how well that they performed when they had seven guys available every night. They had like Juan Sabino was coming off the track team and walking <laughs> yeah. like minutes sometimes, which was crazy. Uh, and they went farther than they, they probably should have. So that season was crazy. And I do remember one, it was like a Saturday afternoon game, Saturday morning game or whatever. Uh, you say she was doing a press conference and you might remember this. He just got up and left. Like he was just in the middle of it. And he was just like, I'm okay, done. I got to go. I have to catch a flight somewhere. And uh, everyone was just like, okay. And so I packed up my bag and I was walking out the front door and uh, he comes out and he has like, I'm not joking. He has probably 15 diet Cokes, like not in any sort of container at all. Just like 15 cans of diet Cokes that he's carrying and I was walking out with Eddie hers. Uh, we hold the door open for him because he has no free hands. And he's like, Oh, thanks guys. I'm, yeah. I'm catching a flight. I got to drive down DIA. I'm flying somewhere. And you, we started to talk about like Seth Rogen movies that he just downloaded on his iPad. And I just remember being like, that's, that's this guy, man, this guy is something else. Just so weird, but something I have never forgotten about, obviously just some wild stuff. And he would go on all these tangents about you'd ask him a question about some. Well, I didn't, but you would ask him a question. About <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> I didn't do it. Uh, you'd ask him the question about some players and he would be, oh, I ate this steak, you know, two nights. Like he would, the, the stuff he would say, I was just like, what are we, what is going on here? You just, you just gave me like three very specific Larry Stacy memories. And I love all of them. So <laughs> first, the Diet Cokes. Yeah. I've been told from people inside the program he drank on average anywhere from like 12 to 18 Diet Cokes a day. Now, mm-hmm. granted, obviously, you know, Larry had, you know, the past with alcohol and stuff. So, like, yeah. I, I never judged him there. Like, oh. you know, if that's the vice that you pick, I love soda. But it's it was the, just insane to me that he could take that much carbonation. Oh, like, that's how a, does that's how a you Nicole Jokic that? diet, right? That's a Nicole Jokic <laughs> diet. <laughs> that's how greatness is made, exactly. is a gallon of Coke a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another weird one. I was I was leaving um, Pita Pit over. It was like across the street from campus. Mm-hmm. And Stacy comes out of Smoky Monkey with like e-cigarettes because he would always have those vape pens. Yeah. 
And he like recognized me. This was probably that year. It was probably like that 2016, 17. So he like recognized like you're the collegian kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he looks at me and I see the pen and he's like, oh, this is, this is, this is nicotine only. There's no funny business going on here. And just the way he said it. Yeah. You're an adult, Larry. Go for I was it, like, all right. Like, I don't care. Like you do you. Yeah. And then the last one, just as far as like the, the press conferences and the craziness, I asked him, somebody got hurt. And so Anthony Bonner was going to have to play more minutes. And I basically was like, he's been a role player. He's been pretty successful for you guys in that role. Do you see him being successful, you know, with a, having to handle more responsibility, you know, scoring ball handler, all that. He went on. To, I think I still have the audio because I saved it on my computer because it was so crazy. Yeah. It was 13 minutes long oh. a rant about a role player is still just going to be a role player. And then he started talking about Harrison Barnes and how he got this like big contract and they want him to not be a role player, but he's still a role player. And so at the end I was still like, so like, what does this mean for bon- Bonner? <laughs> like, Yeah. I it do, was just such like a trip. Like I said, I wasn't like super jazzed. I, I didn't really want to, be there anyway i was trying you know i was like a very it's like college i was very like seriously considering what i wanted to do with my life and covering basketball was not one of those things uh but yeah there was there was many days i left the you know i left mcgraw being like what did he just say like i'm glad i didn't come in here with any specific assignment like what i don't what did he just say so I wanted to ask you, Justin, though, I saw who is a CSU soccer's new coach. Cause I, I did cover soccer one year and, and Hempen was my guy. Do you like Hempen? I loved Hempen. Cause it's oh, the, Hempen. the jury's kind of out. There's some, he, you know, people are kind of on the, on the fence with him. Um, I gotta look up her name. I don't want to get it incorrect. Yeah, no I tweeted it. Um, I actually always liked Hempen too. I didn't, I only interviewed him a couple of times, but he was super personable every time that I dealed with him. So I was like, I don't know. seems like a good dude to me, but then, you know, he was, I don't know. He got investigated or whatever. Okay. But. Hey, that's none of, that's not really my business. I, he was very nice. I'll rephrase it. That he was very nice and respectful. Like to me, when I was talking to him on a regular basis, when I was talking to him two or three times a week, well, that goes a big deal when you're a student reporter, you know what sure. I mean? Cause a lot of those, yeah. especially like football and some other oh, things, like sure. they're not going to give you the time of day. Cause you're not no. at the Denver post. Exactly. Uh, Keely Hagen is the new coach, by the way. She played okay. at, uh, she has been a, an assistant at Texas for the last decade, played at Tennessee, is like top 10 there and goals scored and like minutes played. So it seems like a, seems like a legit hire, but a first time head coach. So we'll see how that goes out. Yeah. I mean, it's been kind of cool to see CSU soccer has been on the up and up, you know, for these last couple of years, obviously coming from never having a program before. It's been kind of fun to see how they've progressed even since I was covering. You could tell when the year I covered them, I think was at the 2015, maybe they won. They only won two games, but you could see like, they're just so close. <laughs> they're so close to winning more. Uh, so it's, it's been cool to see the, that program grow. Well, I'm pretty sure like, I think 2013 was like their first year. It was like literally yeah. our freshman year. They were playing in the lagoon. They didn't even have a real field. That's, that's true because the year I covered them was that was like the first class, like the, the girls that came in as freshmen, like that was their senior class. So there was okay, like three yeah. or four of them that were there. Uh, I remember doing a, a profile on that. I like to cover in soccer. I like to cover in football too. Bubba wasn't the coolest guy to me all time either, but that's okay. I, I at least <laughs> I'm familiar. Like I wanted to be there. So I, 
you know, I would stick my nose and stuff in football. I just, basketball is not for me. I'll say this about Bobo. His, his demeanor with the media changed after a couple of years. He got early on in the process. I think his guard was up a lot more because he was still coming from that SEC background. And so I think it was more of him being like, you're trying to get me all the time. And then eventually he kind of realized like, there's like five of you that actually cover this program regularly and all of you are going to be here every day. And there's not a lot of like, you know, it's not sensationalist. It's just kind of pretty straightforward. Right. Uh, I just remember there was one, I think I I only did a, the last spring ball. So what it was spring of 2017. It was like, that's when I was around the football program a lot. He, I, I remember he got so mad at me because I asked him a question. It was one of the years they were like very, very short on defensive backs. Like they were having guys like flipping over from receiver to play DB. And I asked him, I don't even remember the question I asked him, but he like, yeah, that he was not, he was not pumped with my question at all. And I just remember being like, oh, I graduate in like two weeks, man. I, this, is, <laughs> this is a realistically like I can count on one hand the number of, of media sessions I'll be back to to talk about. <laughs> That was a, uh, yeah. Mike Bobo, he was an interesting guy. I, I got to know him pretty well, I guess, by the end of it. And I, I don't know, it was weird. Cause I like, I so desperately wanted CSU to be good under him. Cause I liked, you know, interacting with him. I liked working with him, but it was just so clearly not working. Like right. how do you, after five years of not beating CU, yeah. Wyoming or Air Force was like, all right, like something's got to give here guys. Yeah. Oh, but anyways, man, thank you for coming on. It was awesome to talk rugby. Again, I got to get you on more in the in the future. That's on me. Because I really do. I think it'd be really fun to design like a sevens and fifteens team with CSU athletes. We should do it. And, and we've got plenty of sevens coming up. We got the LA sevens at the end of the month. We've that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what is some, what is some rugby for, you know, for people, if they were listening to this podcast and like, you want to know what I'm interested in rugby you know, what is the best way for them to like get into it? Where can they watch it? When will, when will there be more opportunities locally for them to go? For sure. So yeah, that's a great question, Justin. And and for the people that want to start listening to the NVR rugby podcast, you're always welcome, of course, but I have a segment, a very, uh, it's a cut and dry segment on the DNVR rugby podcast called all the rugby you can watch this weekend. I go through literally every competition, like in the world, pretty much that you can watch. So if it's available to us here in the States, like I'm tracking it down, I'm putting it out there so you can watch it, but uh, you can watch MLR every weekend. I think there is seven rounds remaining. So there's seven more weeks of competition before playoffs. All you have to do for that is go to the rugby network.com. It's completely free. That's one of the problems with rugby is they kind of hide it behind paywalls a lot of the time because you need to make money. This is a unique thing that they've done this year. You can catch every single MLR match on demand. If you miss it, you can go back and watch it. You can watch it live that's on super the rug- dope. yeah on the rugby network. So that's like a thing they just started this year. So that's a you can watch our friend Evan Geis playing for the New England Free Jacks via the rugby network. Uh, we've got the LA Sevens coming up. Sevens is a is like really the perfect way to get into rugby. I've learned for Americans like it's just so fast. It's so fun to watch. The games are fifteen minutes long. So we got the LA sevens coming up. That's June 25th and 26th. They'll be at dignity health sports park where the chargers used to play. Um, I think that will be on NBC. Um, it should just be on big NBC. I would think it should, you know, on TV. Um, uh, but I don't will think they've ruled. Be in that one. He should be. Yeah. Cause this will be like the last, you know, 
live run before everyone goes to Tokyo. So Pinkelman should be playing in the LA sevens. A lot of, you know, Carlin Isles, the fastest man in world rugby, he plays for USA. Perry Baker is another guy that's a monster. Like there, there's just so much good talent. You can catch Nate Ebner. Um, you know, he's a Patriot, you know, Giants guy played in the last Olympics. He'll be, he should be playing in this tournament as well. So that's coming up. We've got the Olympics in Tokyo. Um, obviously, that'll be nice and easy to watch. Just will be late, early in the morning. We can catch reruns of that. So planning on some fun stuff, you know, trying to get the ball, the bar involved. You know, this is like a good chance while other sports are kind of dormant to put some rugby on at the bar. So looking forward to that. And then, like I mentioned earlier, we've got Rugby Town Sevens at Infinity Park at Glendale. Uh, that's the third weekend in August. And that's like, honestly, one of my, fun, like, it's the, one of the funnest rugby tournaments you can go to. I'm going to really. have to get down there for at least one yeah, day of that. Cause I want to sure. take it in and in person and just kind of, cause I think that's with any sport, like you can appreciate yeah. it by watching it on TV and it's a good way to get a taste for it and get into it, but you got to feel the energy and you got to see it in person and, and see that athleticism up close to really, you know, truly just be like, man, get all of it in. The, the Saturday and Sunday, like afternoon, evening matches of rugby town is so fun because that's when the playoffs are starting. You know, that's when you see some of the everyone's into it. Uh, so I'd highly recommend checking that out. And of course, I will be putting out a ton of content when that gets a little bit closer. But it's got an exciting, you know, summer of rugby. That's really all the domestic like American stuff you can watch. There's plenty more international stuff. Uh, and I'm talking about, you know, I touch on it for sure on the DNVR Rugby Podcast, try to keep it local to Colorado and the United States. But uh, if you're interested in learning more, like feel free, send in questions, do my best answering them all that come in. I'm doing my best to keep everybody in the loop on just all that rugby that you can watch. And uh, of course, with this XO stuff kind of taking off, I'm I'm keeping a close eye on where all these guys are going. So uh, thank you so much for having me on, Justin. It's been fun, man. It's been fun looking back. It's been fun talking about rugby. I'm looking forward to doing it again soon. It's been a blast, man. I, I should have got you on long ago, and I definitely intend to get you on more in the future. Before you go, just real quickly, what's your Twitter handle? Where can the people find you on social media? Yeah, nice and easy. My Twitter handle is at Colton Strickler. Uh, you know, first name, last name. Check out DNVR Rugby Podcast at DNVR underscore rugby. That's where you can keep up with me. All right, before we go, I'm going to give you my DraftKings pick of the week, and that is Nathan McKinnon to win the Conn Smythe Award at plus 175. He's just been so good. I mean, absolutely dominated in that St. Louis series. Expect him to keep it up against Vegas, which, you know, it's going to be a tough test, but I have faith in my man, Nate Dog. That is my DraftKings pick of the week. Lock it in.